I learned early on that you fight the fights you can win. If you think big and you allow yourself to think big and you believe in your thoughts and you believe in your abilities and yourself, there is no way that you will not do well. What will pull you down? I took the risks that I did, um, that I trusted my instincts, that I got out of my comfort zone. That what they do provides value, that they have a sense of purpose, that they're engaged. So I got into triathlons um, because I was a swimmer my entire life. I swam um, competitive, competitively starting age five. And then I swam, I was like recruited and swam at a D1 college. And then I kind of like fell out of love with the sport and got super burnt out uh, after my freshman year. So I swam one year in college and then took the rest of college to just focus on college and school and not on like athletics at all. Uh, and then once I graduated, I was like, I need to do something because I was just getting lazy. And so I started running uh, and then I, you know, I had two of the sports down. So I was like, all right, well, I might as well buy a bike and just like try it out. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Hi there. Welcome to the Look for Strength podcast, where we share exceptional stories from exceptional individuals around the world for exceptional listeners. I'm Amé Look, and I'm your host. Today, I talked to Carolyn Carter, or the LA triathlete, as she's known on Instagram. She's a California-based professional triathlete who's done 11 half Ironmans. That's a 1.2-mile swim followed by a 56-mile bike and a 13.1-mile run. She's also done two full Ironmans, which are double that. And basically that means that they have a full marathon at the end of the race. These races are the hardest triathlons. You're going farther and more they're more grueling than Olympic distances. Carolyn and I will be talking training, triathlons, grit, and kind of what she sees her role as an influencer to be. I hope you enjoy. So what's your like um, academic background in? Like what did you study at, at university? Yeah, so I went to Miami University in Ohio, not Florida. Um, and I was, and I got my major in environmental science and then a minor in writing and then went on, I took like a little bit of time, I think like a year of like working and then went back and got my master's in biology. Right. So now are you a full-time like athlete? Is that like your like main profession? I will. No. no. Uh, gosh, that'd be nice. No, I do work full-time. I work in marketing um, for an engineering firm. Oh, cool. So like, what does your typical day look like? Because I know you do a lot of training as well. So how do you kind of balance both of them? Yeah, it can be really hard. Uh, right now it's not so bad because I'm in my off season, so I'm not training as much. Um, but when I'm like really in the thick of it, I would say that my day kind of looks like if I'm running or swimming, I typically do those in the morning before work. Um, but I work from home. So there, you know, there's some time saved from like commuting to like get those in, in the morning and then get back shower and start my work day. Uh, I start my work day around eight and then finish around like four 30. So, you know, four 30 is still pretty early. So I'm able to usually get out in the evening, um, for a bike ride if I need to. That's so nice. And you live in LA, right? So the weather must yeah. be still like, okay for outside bikes. Yeah, pretty much all year. I did get a trainer, like a smart trainer this year because I like, it's just, I'm becoming a baby from the cold. 
Um, and also, <clears throat> I don't love riding in the dark. And also, it's been like flooding here for like a week. So I'm glad that I have the trainer. <laughs> I'm sure. So when you're, um, how many like races a year do you do? Um, and like, what are some of kind of like your highlight races that you've done? So a uh, number of races I do a year, I usually do two to three half Ironman races, and then I'll do maybe a full Ironman. Usually like, uh, that's kind of once every two to three year kind of thing. And then I do probably like maybe f- three to four shorter, like sprint or Olympic distances. And, like, what's your favorite part of racing? Like, what keeps you coming back to, like, continuing to do it? Yeah, uh, the favorite part about racing, I, there's a lot. <laughs> so, mainly, I really like the people. You know, you it, at first, I moved out to L.A. in 2019, so kind of in the middle of my triathlon career. And I was a little bit worried, but it's, like, the community is so nice. So, I was able to, like, and it was, co- like, COVID. So, after COVID, when we were, started racing again, um, I feel like I just kind of like found a community here. You, you know, you do run one race and then you go to the next race and it's all the same people. Um, and yeah, so it's just like so fun to have a little community and see them. Um, even, you know, if they're not racing, you see friends that come out to cheer and everything. So the community is awesome. Um, I also just like the, like having a goal and like being goal oriented. I think just for me personally, like if I don't have a goal or like something to look forward to, I am not motivated at all. Like that was half the reason I started doing triathlons too. It's like, I'm not just going to get up and like go for a run or like, you know, I'm like so bad about motivating myself. I'm like, if I know I have something I need to train for, then I'm like, you know, way more willing. And then just like the feeling of achievement, you know, like it's always feels so good no matter how many times, like I've done, I think 10 half Ironman at this point. And like, it still just feels so exciting to cross the finish line. Yeah, I'm sure like the the ending feeling must be insane. But like during the race, are there like moments um, where you're just like not having it and you just want to give up? Like, what do you do during those moments when you're when you're just like, like at your bottom, <laughs> like at the lowest? Wow. That happens every single race. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh my gosh, without fail. It's for me, it's always during the run because like I have the swimming background. I don't care about the swim, you know, it's fine. And I love cycling. Like that's my favorite. So I'm on the bike. I'm just like, I love this so much fun. I guess there's been a couple instances on the bike. Like I did Ironman in Arizona last year and there was really bad headwind and we had to do the loop three times and the headwind just kept getting worse each time. And by the last, I was like so over it, but um mainly during the run though is when those like negative thoughts come in and it's just like so hard to remember like like first of all you guys have to remember like you can do it like I've done this before um you know I just positive thoughts like it's so easy to be like oh my god I've only done two miles I still have 11 miles to go in this half marathon um but I kind of try to flip it you know instead of thinking oh my god I still have 11 miles left I think okay and like three miles, I'll be almost halfway done. So I kind of do like mental math like that. Um, but also seeing, you know, people out on the course, cheering other people on, people are cheering you on, very supportive uh, community. So like that always helps me get through it too. Right. And um, in terms of like your triathlon related content that you post on Instagram, how did you get into that? So I, I started my account like pretty much right at, I may have... Actually, that's funny. I think I actually started before I started doing triathlons and I made like a fitness account, not triathlon related, but like I didn't even post on it. And then I started doing triathlons. So then I transitioned to a triathlon account. And 
that was in 2016 or whenever, you know, I started doing races and I like barely posted. I was like, my posts were like, I just like the account never did very well. And then, um, you know, I moved out to California. So I started getting more followers just from like meeting different people and like taking more pictures because, you know, like it's California, like (laughs) beautiful backdrops and stuff. But then I started making reels last year, I think a little over a year ago. And I was like, it was so much fun just like making a reel and thinking of ideas. Excuse me. Um, And so, and that's also like what made my account grow. So like making the reels. And then I started to realize people, because like I do generally try to make them funnier. (laughs) And then I do have some more serious ones, but I'm like, people love the funny reels. So I realized that kind of should be my brand. It's like, you know, more um, like relatable to other triathletes because you know we all we all started somewhere like everyone's been a beginner triathlete everyone's experienced these things and I feel like a lot of things people are like afraid to talk about or like embarrassed about I don't know so it feels kind of nice to just like put that all in the open and like not really care what people think about it and try to make it funny um and then as far as being like helpful that's like another point of my account is I do want to like create like a open and welcoming space for new triathletes or people who are interested in the sport or cycling um who like I make them feel comfortable and they feel like they can like slide into my dms and ask me questions that they might think are stupid but like we all have the same questions at some point you know that's that's awesome so I know you have a background in marketing do you kind of see any crossover between the two or like where do you draw inspiration from um in your reels because like they're really good I think they're they're I love them (laughs) Well, so with my job, like, obviously, that's more, we don't really make reels at work, but, you know, that's more, um, it's more serious. So, you know, there's not, there's kind of, like, definitely a separation between, like, the marketing and my job, but I feel like the marketing my job has helped me kind of, you know, certain aspects of my personal um, Instagram, but, um, yeah, where I draw from my ideas, so sometimes they just like come to me. Like I'll think of something on a bike ride that I'm like, Oh, that's kind of funny. I should post about that. But I kind of have like a routine where I'll go through and just watch a bunch of reels until I find audio that I like that I think is funny. Um, and then I'll save all this. So I have like a whole bunch of saved audio clips in my, um, Instagram account. And then I'll just save them for later. And then like try to think of ideas to let you know that I think are funny. Sometimes it's really hard to come up with ideas, though. I try to post, like, at least once a day, but it's a lot of work sometimes. Also, I I feel like on social media, there's always so much, like, comparison. Um, And, like, a lot of things are, like, uh, quantitative. And, like, you're like, oh, how many likes am I getting? And then, like, some things don't perform as well. And you kind of can get critical of yourself. How do you, like, cope with, like, comparison and and things like that? That can be really hard. Um, I think one thing, as far as comparing myself to other people... I feel like I'm better about that because I feel like my account is pretty unique in like that aspect. So I'm not really feel like I'm, I don't really feel as much like I'm comparing myself with others as much. I am hard on myself though. You're right. Like sometimes I'll post a reel that I either worked really hard on or I thought was so funny. And then I'm like, I got, you know, half as many likes as I usually do. And I'll like beat myself up about it and be like, oh, this is, you know, why is this doing so bad? People not didn't think it's funny. And then I just have to remember is sometimes it's just the, I just tell myself every time it's just the algorithm, <laughs> like whether or not maybe people didn't think it was funny, but I just tell myself, I'm like, okay, it's just the Instagram algorithm. It's being whack again, you know? So it's kind of how I think, I try not to think about it too much. Cause yeah, it can be, it can be like 
bad for your mental health almost, you know, if you're, I don't know, just like comparing yourself. Yeah, and I, I can't even imagine someone like writing a negative comment on your account, but you have, have you ever dealt with that? I, I don't know why. I feel like I don't, well, first of all, luckily, I have to say it doesn't happen as much as like some other people, you know, I feel pretty lucky in that aspect, but, and it used, I used to get a lot more, like a few months ago, I was getting a ton, um, but it's always people either that are hate cyclists who, you know, or like a cyclist shouldn't be on the road and like kind of dangerous comments like that. That is the, my least favorite. Um, I had one just as an example, I posted a reel where it was like listing things that have happened to me as a cyclist, like drivers have done to me. And one of the things is I've actually got shot with a BB gun while I was on a bike ride. And this guy commented and goes, it should have been a real gun. I know. And he, I went to his account. He's a lawyer. I was like, yeah, it was messed up. But I'm like, even if you think that's funny, like anyway, so the hate towards cyclists is that's like, that really like makes me mad. Um, but then I just get like stupid ones from trolls. I just block people. It really helps to just block them and forget about it. Um, and then I get people who try to like, (laughs) I don't want to say mansplain, but (laughs) it's usually men, um, that try to like, oh, you like, tell me how I should train or eat or do whatever. And I just ignore them. (laughs) And how do you like structure your, your training? Do you work with like a trainer, um, or do you do yourself? So that's actually interesting. I, until this year, I did it myself. Um, and then after I got my pro card in May, I was like, all right, well, if I'm racing with the pros, I need to be faster, especially at running. So I hired a coach in early June and then I had him the whole entire season. Um, but it just wasn't really for me. I, I don't know. I, he was great. Uh, and I, it did, was nice having like it all planned out. You know, you look at your training peaks app, it's right there. You know what you're doing for the day. Um, but it was, I think, way too much structure for me. And he was more about like zone two, which I know is, is good. He had his own like training philosophy, but wait, for those who aren't like yeah. athletes, can you explain the zones just really? Oh my God, of course. Oh my God. Sorry. I'm sliding through. So yeah, like zone two would be, um, you know, heart rates are in five zones. Zone one is like resting to like walking maybe. And then zone two would be like your heart rate at a you know light jog like a very easy like you can talk socialize and and doing it for a long period of time is good for like your endurance um and then like you know all the way up to zone five zone five is like you're gonna die uh like maxing out so you don't really want to be in zone five too much um so yeah so like one of the workouts i would get would be like a zone three hour zone two ride and so none of my friends that i ride with are going to want to do that with me like just cruising slowly in zone two for three hours so uh yeah I kind of like started I was just training alone I was getting I was bored um I'm unable to ride I do a lot of group rides like that's the highlight of my life is being able to go ride my bike with my friends um so it kind of took a lot of the joy out of the sport for me and uh so yeah I I got rid of the, the coach and I went separate ways um again he's a great guy but uh we went separate ways in December. So then starting this season, I will probably not have a coach again. And maybe, you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll find a new coach next year. And that's another thing about coaching. It's, uh, it's like you're shopping around. You have to find the coach that's right for you and like is suited to your, you know, your needs. Um, but 
another thing I realized too was like, yes, I do have my pro card. There is an opportunity for me to like earn money at races, but I know I'm probably never going to get there and that's okay. (laughs) That's fine with me. So it's like, literally, this is not my job. This is a hobby. And like to take the joy out of it, like I don't see the point for me. So totally. And what is the process of getting your pro card look like? Oh my gosh, that is a great question. There are so many ways. It's so confusing. (laughs) Um, So one way is like Ironman has a point system. So if you like score a certain amount of points, like getting a certain place in your age group or overall, you know, they add up and then you can earn your pro card that way. The way I earned my pro card was I did the LA triathlon in May. And so that race was basically... (laughs) I I got my pro card because that race had an elite wave with a prize purse of over, I think it has to be over $25,000. And if you get top three in your overall in your gender with with a in a race with an elite wave with a prize purse over $25,000, then you can get your pro card. So it's like a really specific criteria. I didn't even know I got it. Um, the girl that got first, I'm like friends with her and she messaged me and was like, are you going to take your pro card? And I was like, what? (laughs) And then, so that's the other thing. Like, I know a lot of people who've gotten their pro card time after time and choose not to take it. You don't have to take it. And once you take it, you have it for three years and then, you know, you can re-qualify for, and if you want to go back to age group, you can, uh, you don't have to stay pro, but you know, I just... I took it because I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to qualify again. It's so cool to say that racing as a pro. (laughs) That is really cool, especially how you just kind of like fell into it. And now you're now it's like a big, big part of your life. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure triathlons were a big part of your life before. But now, like having that pro card and and have you kind of done more races since then? or, Or is it just are you kind of staying the same? Well, so when I qualified, I had actually signed up already for like my whole season. Um, so but then this year it's kind of confusing. I still haven't quite figured it out because when they don't really, when you get your pro card, they don't really tell you anything. Like I learned everything from other pros. Um, but like, I guess certain races, if you're a pro, you're not allowed to do them. So like Ironman releases a list of all the pro races you can do. So like, you know, the U S might have 170.3 races, but only like 10 are pro races that I could race in. Um, but luckily I'm in California. So I feel like most of the California ones are like popular enough that, um, you know, and then like the smaller races, I think you can race as a pro, but you're not allowed to podium, but I think I'll probably end up racing like the same, maybe a little less than I did before. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, and, and do you have like any advice for anyone who's an aspiring triathlete or, a or is already a triathlete? <laughs> yeah, I think my biggest advice And this is just to have fun. I feel like that's something we forget is we get caught up in like, I I know it can be hard when you race and you maybe don't beat your best time. Like I didn't go a PR this entire season. Actually, that's not true. I had one PR in the the very beginning of the year. And then since, you know, after that, I expected to just PR every single race, um, which is what I did in 2022 or 2021. Um, So it's just easy to like be sad or like finish and just be disappointed in yourself. But then again, it's just a hobby for, again, for not everyone, some people it is a job, but it's, it's just, just have fun. You're doing this for fun. If you're not having fun, don't do it. Um, So that's like my biggest piece of advice. And could you ever see it becoming like a full-time job for you? Or do you always kind of want to keep it as a hobby? That's a good question. Oh, wow. 
I've thought about that a lot. So I had, um, uh, there was a team that had reached out to me this year and it wasn't paid or anything, but they, you know, wanted to bring me on as like a pro triathlon on their team. And it would have been more of like, not super serious commitment, but like more like you're on this team. There's like certain things you have to like commit to. And then after you're on this team for a certain amount of time or a year or whatever, then the next year they actually start to pay you. Not enough that I probably could have quit my job and and done that full time. But then I thought about it and I was like, that would be so nice to just have a little extra money just for doing triathlons. I decided not to do it. Uh, Yeah, I think, I think I do want to keep it as a hobby. And I know they said too, it wasn't even necessarily like performance based. So, but I just feel like I just, that puts so much more pressure, even if it's not performance based. Um, I don't know. I just, I think I do want to keep them separate and like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you turn your hobby into work, then it will become work. Um, right? no matter what it is. So even if you, your work is what you used to love, like it, yeah, anything becomes work. So, I mean, if social media ever paid enough to like become full-time, I'm like, that would be like maybe something I'd think about pursuing, but I do, I mean, I do really like my job and I like the structure of having a full-time job. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> But that's that's really cool that you're like getting into that and helping I'm sure so many people I mean you have such a big following in Instagram and um, also that you're keeping it your hobby um, such a difficult sport that like you enjoy I I think that's I think that's great and um, yeah um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast um, I really appreciate you taking the time yeah of course anytime seriously